Lord, this morning as we continue to dive into the concept of freedom, I pray that you would be with what I have to say, that you would remove me from the equation, that you would break me so that only your truth shines through today. We ask these things in the saving name of Jesus. Amen. No one in their right mind would be like that, right? That is crazy, right? You have never sat there and done that exact same thing in your life ever. I know because we're smart, right? Okay. Today we're going to be looking at set free in Jesus based on Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Just think about that statement. It is it doesn't say we are set free. It says no, it is for freedom that we are set free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It had been 40 days. 40 days since we had heard from the the expeditioners. 40 days had gone by and we don't like to wait for 40 days. 39 days is okay. 40 days is too much. And we don't like to wait. And it was the 40th day. And the donkey grams started bringing the stories back. The birds started tweeting a little bit. And we started to get headlines and messages. And it said, the land devours. And we got these from 10 reporters. The 10 reporters were out there and they were sending us this information. The tweets were coming in. The, the donkey grams were coming in and the messages were coming in. The, not only was the land devouring, the people were giants. Giants. We got a little... I feel like a grasshopper. I feel like a grasshopper. They think I'm a grasshopper. Hashtag bud squashed. Do not, I repeat, do not cross the river. Stay on your side. It is dangerous. We do not like to wait. And we do not like to get this sort of news. It's dangerous. The land devours. The people are giants. We are like grasshoppers compared to them, and they know it too, and they therefore will squash us to death. Why on earth are we here? Why would we ever travel through a desert Why would we ever come to this point and be faced with giants, devouring lands, uncertainty, even if it is called freedom, even if it is called the land of promise? 
it would be better for us to return to Egypt. Can someone say mercy? It would be, people actually said this. The children of Israelites actually said on the doorstep of promise and freedom, said, wait a minute, it would be better if I were back in my prison cell. Because in my prison cell, it's, this is a comfy chair. In my prison cell, it is comfy. And I have everything that I need. We would never want to go back to slavery. But we do. But we do. There are stories, true stories. Just one from the Daytona Police Department. A gentleman walks into the Florida State Bank and tells the teller, I am robbing you. Please call the police. This is, this is true. He had decided that working in the real world and being free was too much. I want to go back to federal penitentiary. Please take me back. True story. Why is it that in the face of freedom, in the face of freedom, we are tempted? And I will correct myself because I think each and every one of you, because I know each and every one of me, has done the exact same thing, has said, you know what, I want to go back to Egypt. It is better when I'm told what, when, how to do it, not why. doesn't matter why. I just do it because I'm told. It is easier. It is comfortable. It is good to be in those places. It feels safer sometimes to be enclosed. but it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And in those reports, in those donkey grams that came to the children of Israel from those 10 spies, from the 10 explorers of the land, in the 12 that went, there were two dissenters, two people who, when they tweeted, probably got put over in the fake news category. Whoa. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh got put over into the, this isn't really happening. This is fake news. Do not trust these two. It's, it's two against 10. We're going to believe the 10, not the two. But the two come back and are wise men. These are wise men because they are wise grasshoppers. <laughs> Moses had noticed in them the wiseness and said, ah, oh, you will be my young grasshoppers. And so these young grasshoppers, said, wait a minute. Don't you remember like six months ago this swarm of grasshoppers came through Egypt and devoured everything, wiped it out, wiped it clean. We are a swarm of grasshoppers. Let's go in and wipe them out. We've seen it happen. When we are dealing with freedom, it's so often we've seen freedom, but we just don't trust it. 
you just don't trust that it could be that free. We don't trust that freedom could be that free. They came back with other tweets and reports. This land is amazing. It does not devour. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Now I want to know, raise your hand, if the words sound sticky just went through your mind. Anybody? Anybody out there with me? Um, VeggieTales has ruined me. I cannot say land of milk and honey without saying sound sticky. Anyway, they come back with these amazing reports. And they stand there as Moses and Aaron are on the ground in despair, lying there praying to God. They stand up and say, we can take these people. Not only are we not grasshoppers, God is on our side. Their defenses have left. They've got nothing. They will be like bread to us. So not only are we not going to be squashed and turned into bug splatter, we are going to come in and devour them like bread. We're going to take this. They're going to be like bread to us. Because the Lord is with us. So do not fear them. Why is it that freedom is so scary? Do not think that the Israelites are unique and weird. We are those Israelites. We are drawn and seduced because freedom can't be that free. We walk up and we peer over into freedom. We stand there at the fence of freedom and we just peer over. We are afraid to step in and embrace it sometimes. We fear freedom. We look and say, it can't be that free. Or we'll say things like, yes, I believe God has set me free from the consequences of sin. And that is so true. But if I stand up here and say, in Christ's freedom, we can be free from sin. I know some of you are judging me right now. We look over and we peer and we say, I know myself. I know what's going on. I know that freedom can't mean that because I can't do that. And we stand there at the edge of freedom and we peer over and say, it can't be that God has come to set us free from sin. The freedom that we have in Christ is only and always because of Christ. And when we stand there and peer over, we need to make sure that we are peering into the eyes and face of Jesus. We need to, as David said in that psalm, we need to enter into the sanctuary and seek God's face. When we peer over into freedom and we find things that scare us and things that say there's not a chance that it means that. It's not, there's not a chance that that can be true. It's too good to be true. Enter into the sanctuary and meet. Seek the face 
of Jesus. So one of the reasons that freedom often doesn't work is because often we try to make freedom a vacuum. Freedom is not a vacuum. Freedom is not an emptying of yourself. So often it would be like, I need to free my mind. I am going to drive all things away. Freedom is not a vacuum. We realized this a while back in the youth department once, and I think, I think my buddy's here from the youth department. But anyway, we, we had a theme once for our youth weekend, and we called it Unplugged, and it was awesome. We were talking about unplugging from the world and stuff. As we went through the, re, as we went through the weekend, we kind of realized it may not have been the best sort of a thing because you are never truly unplugged. Freedom is not a vacuum. You will be connected to something. So if we unplug from the world, you better believe you'll plug in first to Jesus. You better fill your mind if you are trying to experience freedom because it is not an emptying. If we fill our minds with Jesus, that is what will allow freedom to begin to seep in and take control. Freedom is not an absence of a higher power. It is not the absence of God. It is not getting away from religion and the things of... That is not freedom. Freedom is filling ourselves with something because it is for freedom that we have been set free. So the children of Israel, they provide so many great examples. I love them. Freedom is not a vacuum. Earlier in this experience, before they had arrived at the promised land and decided they would rather go back to slavery than have milk and honey and freedom, they had been at the foot of Mount Sinai. And Moses had gone up the mountain and been gone for a while. And because they were relying on Moses, okay, I'm going, I'm going here. Because they were relying on Moses, a leader who stood up and told them things. Anybody picking up what I'm putting down? If they went to a place, they gathered in a wonderful space, and they sat there and stared at their leader and listened to him tell them great things about God. But they did not connect themselves to that. In that delay, in those 40 days, I think it was 40 days. I went back and looked. In my mind, it tells me it was 40 days that he was gone this time, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. While he delayed, the Bible says, while Moses delayed, while their leader was gone, and so their connection to God was presumed to be gone, there was a vacuum, and it didn't just stay open and free. It got filled, and they began to build their own God. They began to build the, you know what really brought us out here to this place? It's those unappreciated oxen and donkeys. I mean, come on, let's give it up for them. Let's make an idol for them. It got filled. Their freedom got filled because they had created a vacuum where they were not connected themselves. The idea of being disconnected, the idea of our current culture that has worked to say 
God is not real. God is not a thing. We don't need any of it. It has created an interesting scenario. Because in that absence, something is getting filled. Something is getting filled. I found this great article in Ministry Magazine a couple months ago. And one of the, they referenced a book that I've read that I've, it's one of the books I'm most proud of reading because it was eons above my knowledge. It was way out of my league, but I read it anyway, and it was fantastic, and I got three things out of the 800 pages, and it was amazing. But I was reading this article, and in this article, this author referenced that book. So I know there's at least four people who have read this book. But in it, he was referencing this idea of, of our culture, our social imaginary is what he calls it, the idea of the things that happen around us are what help to shape us. And in this, he says, humanity is left on its own if the universe is perceived as a godless, is perceived as godless, and has no transcendent moral order. So what it's saying, if we perceive a vacuum, this is what's being described here, the, the universe, the world is being described as something that is, is a vacuum, that there, is, there isn't this higher power, there isn't a loving, benevolent God there. With that removed, humanity is left on its own. And in an effort to make it work, humanity begins to put themselves as the higher power. Humanity begins to become the driving force. And so we become our own little gods. And so this is what humanism is all about. This is what, um, you know, just the absolute power of humans where we can change ourselves. It is within us to change ourselves and to become. And so something I've talked about before is we then create this box. We lower the ceiling so that it's within reach. And then if somebody, God forbid, does not, is not able to reach that same point, they are torn down because if it is within human's power to reach whatever the plane is that we're supposed to get to, and you don't make it, you are broken. And in this scenario where humans are God, we don't have a God to rescue us from that. And so this is what freedom in the world is being portrayed as. And it cannot be achieved. It cannot, well, it can kind of be achieved, but it means nothing. Because the freedom that Christ offers us is that freedom that is going to take us completely out of our box. That's going to lift us beyond anything that we could imagine. Scripture says, I can do all things through Christ. With God, all things are possible. With God, I can be taken out of what I think I can reach to because what the highest thing, the best thing, the most awesome person that I could ever be is still filthy rags. And I still am short of the goal. But Jesus offers that freedom. It is for freedom. Whoops. 
It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. This freedom is a freedom from the consequence of sin that was supposed to be my responsibility, but Christ took on the cross for himself and paid it for me. It is freedom from the constant mistakes that I make. It is forgiveness. It is freedom to be in that relationship with Jesus. It is freedom. So then we're told it is for freedom that we have been set free. So therefore, stand firm. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Notice what God does is stated. What does God do? He gives us freedom. Okay? God has set us free for freedom's sake. It is only after it is indicated what God has done that the imperative, that the command comes out. Based on what God has done by setting us free, our one job is to stand firm. It is not to be drawn back to Egypt. It is to stand firm. And even when I am being pulled in all directions, I'm being pulled back, I am to stand firm. Not because then Jesus will set me free. It is because he has set me free that I can stand firm. What we do is always based on what God has done. What we do is always, always based on what God has done. How did the Ten Commandments start? Anybody? Pop quiz. How how did the Ten Commandments start? Okay, I am happy with those of you who spoke up. Oftentimes, we would say, well, it starts with, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's commandment number one. And that's fine, because that's mostly right. But the commandments start with the statement that I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of slavery. That is, that's the gospel. This is what we're reading. We've been set free for freedom in the New Testament. What Paul is writing It's been written by God himself in the Ten Commandments. Because I've done this for you, here's the indication of what I've done. So here's what you can do. Because of what God has done, it only leads us to anything that we could ever hope to accomplish. It is only through Christ that we can do anything. Freedom is not a vacuum. It is not empty. Freedom is a relationship with Jesus. Freedom is connecting ourselves to Christ. And when we look at that, when we look at what Jesus has done, and when we spend time meditating 
on the cross, when we spend time thinking about what Jesus has done, when we spend time looking at what Jesus is doing, it's in that relationship that brings us freedom. We are set free for freedom because freedom is so vitally important to loving God. God loves us so much and wants it to be out of our choice that we love him back, that freedom even exists. And freedom has brought problems, but it is still the best thing out there, the freedom to choose to look at Jesus and say, man, when I look at you, Jesus, I realize how scummy I am and how awesome you are, and I want to be more like you. I want to be connected and in relationship to you. And we always always talk about this and the idea of us going to Christ. But remember, all we do is turn and we start tripping over Christ. He is right there. He is right there waiting for us to realize the freedom that he offers. It is a relationship. Burdened by a yoke of slavery or set free in Christ. This is our choice. This is the experience. This is the covenantal experience that we have in Christ. We always kind of put the old covenant into the Old Testament and the New Covenant into the New Testament, and we think that they are separate things. But we can be Old Covenant Christians in a New Covenant world if we choose to be burdened by that yoke of slavery. If we choose to be burdened and say, I can do this, we are burdening ourselves with that yoke of slavery. We're being drawn back to the comfy chair. We're being drawn back to Egypt. But when we choose to experience the freedom of Christ that was available both to the Israelites before the cross and to us today after the cross, when we look at that, the experience that we have is that choice. We are set free to have that relationship with Jesus. There was a town, we'll call it Ala Orange. Ala Orange. And in this town, there lived ducks. Duck Ala Orange? Okay, yeah. Okay, all right, give you a second. I know, my humor is quite whatever. Anyway, so in this town of Ala Orange, there lived a bunch of ducks. And Every day they would get up and they would waddle to work and come home. And on the weekends, they would get up and they would waddle down Main Street. And they would waddle into their local church, waddle into their pews and plop themselves down. And they would sit there as the duck choir would come out and quack. And they would sit there and listen as the duck preacher would come out and open their duck Bible and he would begin to preach. God has given you wings. With wings, we can fly. 
with wings, we can mount up. Quack. Somebody give me a quack. We can mount up. Us duck people, we can mount up like eagles. Mercy. No wall can contain us. No fence will hold us in. We can fly. And the ducks all quack. Amen, preacher. And then they waddle home. (laughs) Why is it so hard to believe the promises of Jesus? Why is it so hard to accept the freedom that he offers us? When we study and read and pray throughout the week, when we come to church and hear a good message, when we are inspired and drawn close to Christ, when we experience these things, why is it that we still turn around and waddle in our muck? Friends, Christ offers us a transformational experience. This freedom that he offers is transformational, and it is for one reason. There is one reason that we have hope. There is one reason that we have the hope that we can be a new creature, that we can go from ducks to eagles, and we can experience the transformational and transcendent freedom that Christ gives us. It is for one reason. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power. It's the what? Same mighty power that raised Christ. So when we gather today, On this Easter weekend, when we spend time celebrating what Christ has done in our lives, when we realize the freedom that is out there, it is only there because on that third day, on that third day, Christ conquered the grave. He took Satan's best shot and said, nice try, I'm a little bit bruised on my heel, but now I'm going to go ahead and crush your skull right in. Genesis 3.15, if you think I'm making stuff up, read that. The power of Christ, his resurrection power. Jeremy Camp says it the best, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is what works in me. That same power, the freedom that Christ offers us, the hope that we have as we stand there and peer over into the land of freedom, afraid to step in. When we step in, it is because of God's resurrection power. It is because of that power that can come in and it can infill us. It is for us. It is working in us, the power that Christ offers us is his resurrection power. The tomb was empty. 
The cross was bare. Because Jesus is alive and offers that same power of freedom for us today. That resurrection power. It is what can lead us into a life of freedom. So my question today is, do we want to stop being ducks? Do we want to experience that transformational power of Jesus? As we look into his face, as we look unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, that power can come into us and it will set us free and it will allow us to stand firm and it will allow us to never go back to Egypt again. I hope that is your desire to leave Egypt behind, to leave the comfy chair in the jail cell behind and to walk forward in freedom. The resurrection power of Christ offers us that choice. Lord, I come to you as one in need of that transformational power. Lord, I long to know and have the experience daily of freedom in you. So Lord, I pray that each of us will choose to experience that freedom to surrender our lives to you, to say, Jesus, I am yours. Please change me. So Lord, as we move on from this place, I pray that that freedom would be a light shining in the darkness that would draw people to ask, where is your freedom? Where is your joy and your peace? So Lord, we ask these things in the saving name of Jesus. Amen.
the prison I was in Like a living nightmare Burning from within And I can feel the voice of evil And I can hear the call of sin But I won't go back again See, once I tasted 